careful to take that mask off. <sighs> now, I want to thank you for letting me give a report on what the Gideons are doing worldwide through the Gideon ministry. Who are the Gideons? We are Christian business and professional men from many different occupations and many different denominations. For example, I'm a Christian lawyer. Some people think that's an oxymoron. Okay, but anyway, there's more than 280,000 of us in over 200 nations, and we distribute 85 million copies of God's Word per year, translated into 101 different languages. We distribute in hotels and motels, schools, colleges, prisons, to the military, police, fire and medical personnel, nursing staff, and many others, too numerous to name. What's our goal? Our goal is to win others to the Lord Jesus Christ through personal witnessing and through distribution of copies of God's word. What do we believe as Gideons? You know, I said we're from many different denominations and not all denominations believe everything the same. But to be a Gideon, there's certain things you have to believe or you cannot be a Gideon. We believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God, that Jesus is God's only begotten son, that salvation comes only through him, and that salvation comes by hearing or reading the word of God. And that's what motivates us to do what we do. You know, there's a scripture, we call it the Gideon scripture, and I'm going to read that to you. It's Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. Now, you know, we're kind of hard-headed sometimes, aren't we? <laughs> It's hard for us to grasp spiritual truth. So God's word uses examples from nature that we can see to help us understand those spiritual truths. And that's what's done here in Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. First in verse 10, the example from nature. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Do we need rain? I mean, we can't live without it, can we? The earth dies without rain. The crops won't grow. The animals die. We die. Rain is essential. Think, it comes from heaven falls down, does its job, and then what's it do? It goes back, doesn't it? And does its job over and over and over again. What a wonderful system. Well, there's a spiritual principle that's kind of like that principle from nature, and it's given in verse 11. He says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. What do we as Gideons believe? We believe that if 
through witnessing or distributing God's word, that if that word goes out, some of it will fall on fertile soil and it will grow and people will come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, many Gideons are salesmen. And you know, the gospel is kind of like a numbers game for a salesman. You know, you don't know when you present the gospel if someone's going to accept it or not, do you? But the key is to just keep presenting it. And if we all do that in our daily lives with everyone we come in contact with, present the gospel, it will bear fruit. And that's what we as Gideons believe. Now, I want to tell you that this Gideon ministry is an extension of the ministry of this church. We produce a little booklet we call the Life Book. Has your church used the Life Book at all? Have you been familiar with that? Okay. Well, anyway, it's for youth to use. And it's one of the Gospels, either John or Mark. And it's got notes in it. And it's to give to the youth in a church for them to use to evangelize their friends. And the Gideons print thousands and thousands of copies of those. And they are free for any church that contacts the Gideons and asks for them. We can get you all you need for your youth to use to evangelize their friends. And that's one of the ways the Gideon ministry partners with this and other churches. Now, I want to tell you a story about a gentleman by the name of Todd Keogh. He was a lifeguard in Southern California on the ocean. And he became friends with a homeless man named Walter. Now, as many of the homeless people are, Walter was kind of strange, and he didn't have a lot of friends. But Todd was leaving his job in Southern California to move to Northern California to start a new life up there and do other things. And he was on the lifeguard stand on his last day of work. And he was concerned because Walter would usually come by and see him pretty much every day. And he hadn't seen Walter for several days, and he was kind of concerned about Walter. And just as he was getting ready to leave the lifeguard stand for the last time, Walter came riding up on a bicycle. And Todd said, a bicycle that didn't have a seat on it. (laughs) But anyway, it was an old junk bicycle, and he rode up, and he was very excited. He'd been to a revival. And a man at the revival gave him two little orange testaments and asked him to keep one and give the other to a friend. Well, the only friend Walter could think he had was Todd because Todd was always friendly to him. So he was so excited to give Todd that testament. Well, Todd took it and he moved to Northern California and and. Todd became active in in running. And that testament just sat in a drawer and he didn't look at it or think about it for years. But as he would run, thoughts of God would come into his mind and about what his relationship with God was. And it drove him to that drawer to pull out that testament. And he began reading from that testament. And he developed the habit 
He'd take a highlighter, a pen, a Ziploc bag, and that Bible, and he would run up into the hills in Northern California. And there was one place where way out in the middle of nowhere, under a tree, was a park bench. And he would sit on that park bench. And with that little testament, that's where Todd would meet with God. And he'd do it day after day. And he got in the habit, he finally took a little shovel or a little spade and he dug a, a hole under the bench and he buried that bag and Bible and whatnot in, in that little hole under the bench. And every time he'd go up there, he'd pull that out and he'd meet with God there. Well, over the years, Todd became closer and closer to God. And he decided that he was going to go to Bible college. So one last run up the, into the hills to get this testament and take it with him when he went to Bible college. He ran up there and someone had stolen his Bible. He thought, well, that dirty dog, who would steal a man's Bible? But it was gone. Todd went on to Bible college and went on to become a pastor. Many years later, he received a phone call and the person on the other end of the line said, I was just released from prison and in prison there was a man and he was teaching a Bible study in prison and using a little orange testament to teach that Bible study. And he led me to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he gave me that Bible. And as I looked through it, I saw your name written in it. And I just thought I'd see if I could contact you and return this testament to you. Do you want it back? And Todd said, no, I don't want that testament back. I want you to keep that testament. And so he didn't hear any more about that testament for many years. But then years later, he got another call. And this other call was, he said, this man said, I've just been released from prison. And there was a man named Hector that taught a Bible study in that prison. And he was teaching it from a little orange testament that had your name in it. And he led me to the Lord Jesus Christ and gave me that testament. And I want to know if you want that testament back. And Todd said, no, I don't. He said, you keep that testament and you do with it whatever the Lord leads you to do. You know, God's word does not return void when it goes out of its mouth. But it changes the hearts and minds of men and women, boys and girls. Now, I want to tell you about this little testament right here. I used to live in Northwest Arkansas and I went to a Gideon Faith Fund banquet and this has been many years ago now. And there was a man by the name of John Chasteen who has since gone to be with the Lord. And he gave me this little testament and I have no idea what motivated him to pick me out of that crowd of people and give me this testament. But he gave it to me and he told how he had gone on a Gideon Bible distribution in Brazil. They got on a boat and they went way up the Amazon River and they stopped at tiny villages along the river and they distribute testaments. 
And he told how he stopped in one village. And when they were distributing testaments there, it was in a school. And all there was was four posts and a thatched roof. That was the school. They had a blackboard. But the only books they had in the school were little testaments, just like this one. And there wasn't enough for all the students. There was about one testament for each, for five students. And they went in and they distributed testaments to every student in the school. And he asked the teacher if he could have one of those old testaments that was there. And she gave it to him. And as he looked inside that testament, he saw six names that are written in this testament of students that said they gave their hearts and lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want, to, want you to think of what it's like in these tiny villages in the Amazon. These people don't have much. They're very poor. But when these students go to school every day, the only book they have to learn grammar in is those little testaments. The only book they have to learn to read and learn proper language skills are those little testaments. You know, they don't have much, but they have the most important thing that anybody can have, and that's the word of God. You know, God's word does not return void when it goes out of his mouth. I want to tell you about Christopher Jan. He was a dental student, and while going to dental school to help supply his needs, he was also a drug dealer. Nice combination there, isn't it? Well, anyway, he came from a Christian family, and his parents knew that he was not living the life he should live. And they were praying for him, and they gave him a Bible. Well, he didn't have any interest in that Bible, so he just threw it in the trash. Well, one day there was a knock on his door, and it was the police. And they had a search warrant for his apartment. They searched it. They confiscated his drugs and money, and he wound up in prison. Well, he was at the bottom of despair in prison. And as he was in prison, one day he walked by a trash can and it was full of trash. And he thought, you know, that's my life. It's nothing but trash. I have totally trashed my life. And as he walked by that trash can, he looked down in it and someone had thrown a little Gideon Testament away in that trash. And he reached down into that trash can and he pulled out that Gideon Testament and he started reading from that Gideon Testament. And he was reading from the book of Mark. And as he read it, he thought back on his youth and his parents and the things they taught him. And he rediscovered that God loved him and that God forgave him for his sin. And he gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he started teaching a Bible study there in prison. Well, while in prison, remember, he's a well-educated man. He was contacted by Moody Bible Institute and asked to be a professor at the institute when he got out of, out of prison. 
He did get out of prison, and today he is a professor at Moody Bible Institute teaching God's Word. God's Word does not return void when it goes out of his mouth. Now, I want to tell you about Juan Santos. Juan Santos lived in Mexico City. And one day in Mexico City, there was a Mexican Gideon standing on a street corner, just distributing copies of God's word to whoever would accept it. One man walked by and he took that copy of God's word and he told that Mexican Gideon that he hated God. And to demonstrate his hatred for God, he ripped every page out of that testament and just scattered them to the wind. Well, that was a wasted testament, wasn't it? But you know, one page of that testament blew into the hands of Juan Santos. And he knew that it was the word of God, but he didn't know really what it meant. And as he looked at the words on that one page of God's word, he thought, I've got to find out what this means. So he went to a local church right there in the neighborhood, and he asked the pastor there to explain to him what the words on that one page of God's word meant. And as that pastor explained those words to Juan, Juan accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. God's word does not return void when it goes out of his mouth, but it changes the hearts and lives of men and women, boys and girls. Now, I'd like to tell you about Elaine Hudson. Elaine Hudson lived in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. She was a member of the PTA. And as such, her and other people involved in the PTA agreed to take foreign exchange students into their home. And they were excited about having a foreign exchange student, but then they found out where the student was coming from, and it gave them great concern because they had young children in the home, and they wondered what kind of an effect an atheistic communist teenager from Russia would have on their family and on their children. But they had agreed, so they had a picture of Oksana Sedra, And they went to the Tulsa airport to pick her up. And as people got off the plane, sure enough, Oksana matched the picture. There she was. And the first thing they noticed about Oksana was that she held in her hand a little Russian Gideon Testament. She told how her great-grandfather was a priest in the Russian Orthodox Church and how when the communists took over Russia, her great-grandfather was executed. She told how for four generations, no one in her family was allowed to see a copy of God's Word. But then one day, in her fifth-grade classroom, some men showed up. They said they were Gideons. And they offered every student in the classroom a copy to have a a chance to have a copy of God's word. Oksana gladly received it and she took it home, and her and her mother and father and brother read from that testament every night. And her whole family came to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's word does not return void when it goes out of his mouth. 
Now, I want to tell you about a way that the Gideons use to raise money to buy Bibles. It's called the card program. I think you've got a card display in your church, don't you? And I need to check it and make sure you've got plenty of cards. But anyway, we have several different kinds of cards. Here's an in-memory card and a birthday card. If there's somebody you'd like to honor and you just don't know what gift to give them, you can fill out this card, tell them how many Bibles you are donating in their name, and put a check in, the, in one of the envelopes and send it to our local Gideon camp and send the other card to them. And it is a gift that will keep on giving through copies of God's word. And I would invite you to use that program. Now, I want to tell you about something that happened to me. And, you know, I spoke in this church, I think it was around 16 years ago. It's been a while. I don't know. Do any of you remember me being here before? Okay. Anyway, when I spoke in the church then, I gave this report that I'm about to give to you. And I'm going to give it again in this church. And I don't usually like to give the same report twice. But this one's too good not to give. Okay. Um, it's been 26 years ago now when I lived in Northwest Arkansas. I had the privilege of having dinner at the AQ Chicken House with a first Gideon in Russia. His name is Viktor Goncharenko. And actually his son Simon was going to college in Siloam Springs, Arkansas at John Brown University. And while we were sitting at dinner, Victor told me this. He said, Charlie, the Gideons of Russia are praying that someday the Gideons of the United States will have the same freedom to distribute God's word in the United States that we now have in Russia. Now, remember, this is 26 years ago that he told me this. I couldn't believe my ears. I thought, are you kidding me? There is more freedom for the Gideons in Russia to distribute God's word than there is in the United States? And he told how in Russia, they had police and army protection all over Russia for the Gideons to go around and distribute God's word. I, I couldn't believe it. What kind of wonderful things can God do? <laughs> it, it amazed me. But anyway, you know, I thought about how in Northwest Arkansas, where I graduated from law school, and there's a very strong legal presence there from the law school. In many of the schools in Northwest Arkansas, the Gideons are not allowed in to distribute scriptures. Now, we are in every school in Independence County to distribute, distribute Gideon Bibles. But not true all over the state and certainly not true in many parts of the country. But anyway, he told me that, and I couldn't believe it. And then he, he told many stories of, of live change through Gideon Bibles. But there's just one I want to share with you because I just think it's so good. He told of a Russian Gideon traveling on a train through Russia. And this Gideon was so excited about the Gideon ministry. He was sitting next to this stranger and he couldn't help but share what was going on in Russia with the Gideon ministry with this stranger. And as he did it, 
The stranger said to him, he said, you don't know who I am. He said, I'm the mayor of a city in Siberia of 100,000 people. And I have always prided myself on the fact that I am a loyal communist. And as such, I have diligently purged my city of all Christian influence. There isn't one single church in my city. As far as I know, there's not a single Christian in my entire city. But he said, let me tell you something else about my city. My city has the highest alcoholism rate in all of Russia. And I don't know what you know about Russia, but alcoholism's a real problem there. They love their vodka. And he says, let me tell you what I've come to believe. I have come to believe that when you rip God out of the heart of man, you cannot replace him with communist ideology. And I believe that God has brought you to me so that you and your brother Gideons can come to my city and distribute God's word. And this Gideon couldn't believe what he was hearing. He said, now, wait a minute. He says, the people of the United States supply us with scriptures. But I, I live in southern Russia. That's where the scriptures are. That's where my brother Gideons that, that helped me make distributions are. We have no means to get us and the scriptures to Siberia. And this mayor said, that's not a problem. He said, every year I get a fund for the distribution of communist propaganda. And we will use the money from that fund to get you and your brother Gideon's and those testaments to our city in Siberia. And that's what he did. And so they flew and took Endless supplies of testaments to this city of 100,000 people in Siberia. And day after day, they'd do distributions. They'd go to hospitals, prisons, military bases, police stations, um, any schools, any place they could think of. And at all places, they were escorted by police and military personnel to ensure their safety. And they did it for week after week. And finally, when they had exhausted all possibilities they could think of to distribute scriptures, they told the mayor, okay, we've done our job here. We're going to go home. And the mayor said, no. He said, north of here, up on the frozen tundra, are tiny villages of people that have never received the gospel of Jesus Christ. You need to take the gospel to them. And this Gideon said, but, but how would we get there? And he said, it's not a problem. I'll supply you with a military helicopter. And so he provided a helicopter and a pilot. And it was summertime. And I don't know what you know about the far north. But in the summertime, the days are almost endless. And they would fly into the frozen tundra and stop at village after village and make distributions of God's word to people that had never before heard or received the gospel. One day it was about noon and they'd finished the distribution and the pilot said, okay, we're going back to the city now. And the Gideon said, no, no, there's a lot of daylight left. Let's go on to another village. And this pilot said, you don't understand. He said, there are no villages north of here. You have gone to the very ends of the earth. 
And you know, as he said that, that Gideon thought about the scripture, the scripture that says, and my word shall go to the ends of the earth. And here these Russian Gideons were part of the fulfillment of that scripture. Now, they went back to the city and went ahead and went back to southern Russia. And it was about a year later that this Gideon that had put this all together, this distribution all together, got a letter from this city in Siberia. And in the letter was a plane ticket. And it simply said, come visit us. And so he took that plane ticket and he flew to that city. And as he got off the plane, over on the tarmac was a group of about 80 people. And they greeted him and they said, we are the first church in this city. And from this point, we will take the gospel to the rest of our city. You know, God's word does not return void when it goes out of his mouth. But it changes the hearts and lives of men and women, boys and girls. And in so doing, changes complete nations. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but Russia has not been a communist country now for over 30 years. You know, our news media doesn't tell us about what's going on in other countries and the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is a huge Christian revival taking place in Russia and the entire Eastern Bloc. As a matter of fact, recently there was a survey taken by the Pew Institute and they asked people in the United States, what religion are you? And 70% of the people in the United States said they were Christian. Now, I don't believe 70% of the people in the United States are Christian, but that's the answer they gave to the survey, okay? They did the same survey in Russia and 73% of the people of Russia said they were Christian. Now that's in a country that for almost a hundred years executed or sent Christians off to the gulag. God's word does not return void. It changes the hearts and minds of people. It changes entire nations. Now, you know, like I said, our news media is not telling us about this. As a matter of fact, you know, I'm 70 years old now. And I think back when the darling nation of our news media was communist Russia. You all remember that, don't you? What nation is the most hated nation on earth by our news media today? Probably the U.S. and Russia may be second. <laughs> Right? I mean, they hate, our news media hates Christianity. You know, your pastor talked about Christian persecution. It's, I would tell you it's coming here, but it's not coming. It's here. Will it accelerate? I don't know the future. I don't know. But we must share the gospel. We must. Now, about, oh, it's been about four years ago now, the Gideons were admitted into communist China. And, and I don't know what you've heard about communist China, but there had been a growing Christian revival going on in communist China. 
You know, one of the rules for Christians in communist China had been that Christian propaganda could only be distributed on church property. And, and we don't really know exactly what's going on in China today. But a few years ago, there were churches in China so large that you and I probably couldn't even wrap our minds around the size of some of the congregations. And some of these churches would announce that a Gideon distribution was going to take place at their church and that people could receive a free copy of God's word. Sometimes for two and three days before those distributions were to occur, there was no place to stand on church property. So many people wanted a copy of God's word. When I, I hate to tell you that this, but about two years ago, that all changed in China. And China has done a complete reversal. The Gideons have been expelled from China. We really don't have a good feel for what's going on. Are there Christians in China? There's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Christians in China. How are they persecuted at this point? We don't know. We don't really know what's going on in China today. I would ask you to pray for the church in China. And I want to tell you another country where a huge revival is going on is Iran. You know, there's an old saying that the blood of the saints waters the church. And it's happening worldwide today. We must spread the gospel. I want to thank you for having me here today. And I just want to tell you that of anything you donate to the Gideon ministry, 100% of it goes to print scriptures. The Gideons take care of all the cost of administration and distribution. So I would ask you to give generously to the Gideons. $125 buys a box of 100 testaments. So pray about it and decide what you want to do. I want you to thank, I want to thank you for having me here today. Amen. Didn't you enjoy that? You know, I'm always, when, uh, uh, when you guys come, brother, I'm all, I always hear of the stories of people who receive scriptures and uh, reminded of a time when, um, when I saw someone receive a Bible for the first time and they took it and they just cherished it in their arms. And I was rebuked in my spirit to think that I've got, I've got 30 copies of it and yet do I cherish it as much as they do. And so it's just a, just a wonderful, wonderful uh, ministry that Gideons do. Uh, the word of God does not return void. And in hearing of their, um, hearing of, of their stories just always makes me wonder, uh, especially today when you said they had literally reached the ends of the earth uh, with the scripture. And I, I just can't help but to think to myself, have I reached the ends of the city limits of Batesville? Have I reached Independence County? That's a question I think we could all ask ourselves this morning. Amen? Amen. So what are we doing with God's word? Um, let's, uh, let's stand and sing one verse of, uh, of, a, of a hymn that you're familiar with from the Keswick tradition. Uh, Take my life and let it be. This wonderful hymn of salvation. 
And let's sing it together. <laughs>